present and future of the Disneyland Resort. Welcome to Project 55. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Project 55, your gateway to the past, present, and future of the Disneyland Resort. I'm Chuck Rindon, and I'm joined by Amy Nalawai. Amy, how's it going? Ooh, it goes. Um, <laughs> I, I just got home from a little uh, bonsai trip to, <laughs> to uh, Disneyland. I saw that. I saw, I'm not jealous at all, by the way. Not jealous at all. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sorry, don't mean to rub it in. Um, no, like literally just whirlwind, whirlwind, stop in and out. Like I wasn't there for very long, but nice little, uh, unexpected stop in. I mean, those are the best. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun, but, uh, it's been a long day and, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm feeling it, but I'm, I'm excited for our conversation today. So I think it's going to be good. As am I. We have, we have some fun things on the table for this show. This is our season. It, right? it really is. Like, we're we're in the prime of Halloween. Love it this time of year at the Disneyland <laughs> Resort. Yes. Of course, we're going to be talking some eats and treats in a minute where we uh, talk about all the fun Halloween-inspired treats that are currently available at the resort. And, you know, Disneyland always puts out the stops during this time of year for treats. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to diving in. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, I wanted to touch on some new Disneyland news real quick. Now, you might have heard about this, but Disney recently announced that there's plans to extend the Haunted Mansion queue area for the attraction, as well as plans for a new retail shop coming uh, just adjacent to the attraction's exit Uh, All of this is supposed to hit the resort in 2024, but I thought I would read the actual press release from Disney real quick. And then, Amy, I'd love to get your take on what you think about all this, because it deals with the Haunted Mansion, which is something near and dear to me. (laughs) So you always have my ear when uh, you mention something about this attraction. So, And I certainly have my thoughts about it. Let me read the press release. It states, The stately grounds of the Haunted Mansion will expand with a spirited metamorphosis at Disneyland Resort next year. In 2024, the additions will build on the story and lore of the Haunted Mansion and include an expanded outdoor queue to immerse guests in enhanced theming, as well as a new retail shop adjacent to the attraction's exit. Local legend suggests the manor known today as the Haunted Mansion was first built by a prosperous sea captain. To this day, the mansion staff faithfully maintains the happy haunting grounds. The expanded queue will tie into these stories and more, including new gardens inspired by Master Gracie, Madame Leota, and the One-Eyed Cat. Each of the gardens will feature unique elements ranging from a water fountain, a gazebo, to themed statuary and landscaping. In fact, guests will be able to see a new greenhouse where the groundskeepers for the Haunted Mansion grow their plants. 
The pet cemetery and horse-drawn funeral hearse will continue to reside on the attraction's grounds. And speaking of Madame Leota, we felt it was time to continue her presence beyond the walls of the Haunted Mansion with an all-new retail shop. This carriage house of the mansion belonging to Leota will be a standalone shop that we are just dying to tell you more about in the future. We also will make enhancements to the plaza adjacent to Tiana's Palace. This area is one that holds a lot of memories and history, and a new elegant park-like setting will be a place to relax and enjoy the ambiance and live entertainment under the shade of new and historic trees. Construction on these additions will begin in January 2024. We will take the opportunity to help improve the accessibility of these areas, which includes a new elevator exit from the Haunted Mansion for guests with disabilities. And we look forward to sharing more about the final arrangements early next year. For now, consider this dismaying observation. The objects found in Leota's garden will be inspired by her incantations. And so that is Disney's official press release. Uh, which is a lot of words and not a whole lot of meat there. <laughs> it's very vague, uh, which I, I get because, you know, things can change once they go to break ground on this. You know, the, the plans might change and we're like, oh, suddenly mm-hmm. we don't want to focus on this particular character or whatever, right? So I, I get why maybe they they want to be kind of vague, but uh, it sounds interesting. I mean, we're getting expanded queue area for the Haunted Mansion, which I think is it's in desperate need of, especially during this time of year, right, with Haunted Mansion Holiday, very often Mm -hmm. that queue spills over into New Orleans proper with those, uh, you know, fun switchbacks there. (laughs) Just a wall of people (laughs) in front of the train station. Even that, like, I don't know. Maybe this this is one instance where the Haunted Mansion at Magic Kingdom, like their queue, I think, does a really good job of kind of tying in more thematic elements into the queue a little bit more than ours per se. Cause like, I mean, you're just walking past things. It's not, I don't know. It's not as intriguing of a queue as I feel it could be. I'm very curious what kind of things are going to add to this new garden to the, to continue mm-hmm. the stories of some of these characters in the haunted yeah. mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only hope. So you, you mentioned magic kingdom and the only thing I don't like about their queue and I, I get why they did it. They just added a lot of interactive play to it, yeah. you know, and uh-huh. to me, what, what I like about Disneyland's the attraction, it's this nice ramp up intention. So out on the outside, you know, the haunted mansion itself has always looked pristine. As you go through the outdoor queue, there's not really anything jumping out at you like, oh, this place is haunted. You do see the pet cemetery and the graves, you know, so you're, you're kind <laughs> of unnerved a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But once you get into the mansion, you hear the ghost host for the first time. You know, things begin to ramp up. You're like, oh, there's more to this than, you know, meets the eye. And then you go through the mansion. Madame Leota does her incantations. Then suddenly the spirits materialize before you. And then, of course, it builds to that crescendo in the graveyard. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm hoping they kind of keep some of that. Like, I just don't want them to install, like, talking tombstones or anything like that. Like, I I want it to be artifacts that, you know, catch your eye and can tell a story without, you know... uh, it being in your face that, oh, by the way, this place is haunted, just so you know. <laughs> if you think of houses, estates in in the South, they had, you know, there was land. There was some substance to the property. Sure. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they have a really 
cool opportunity here. A little bit about the new trees and historic trees. I hope that the historic trees, like I hope they're keeping some of the magnolia trees. I love the magnolia trees over there. I'm sure, I'm sure they are. I mean, that nod to historic trees, you know, I'm sure that's thrown in there for a reason, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they've just, they've been there for a long time and I don't know. I love magnolia trees. I think sure. Cool. Yeah. But it'll be, yeah, I think there's definitely a way to better utilize that space than it is right now. And, you know, especially with, the transitions happening with, you know, from Splash Mountain to the new Tiana attraction and then Tiana's place like that, that there needs to be some cohesiveness there between, you know, those three places. So, yeah, uh, that's what, you know, they mentioned that plaza area they're redoing, which I, I think smart mm-hmm. because it does. It, I, I think as it is today, there, there is sort of a disconnect. You have New Orleans Square proper, and then you have the Haunted Mansion side of New Orleans Square with the train mm-hmm. station. And I've always yeah. felt like the themes kind of, I mean, are, are we still in New Orleans over here or aren't we? It sounds like they're going to sort of bridge that better, which I, mm-hmm. I love. And of course, we're talking about the area in front of the train station. They're adding a bandstand in that area. And more seating. And more seating, uh, which is never a bad thing at Disneyland, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then we haven't even mentioned the retail location. The Haunted Mansion is so overdue for having its own like retail space. It's it's always been criminal to me that, yeah, I know it has the store, you know, next to Pieces of Eight, I think, Port Royal, I believe. But that's so far away from the actual attraction, you know. Uh, this is going to be great. And uh, having it themed to Madame Leota, I mean, that makes sense. Disney certainly leaned into her character over the years. Mm-hmm. Along with the Hitchhiking Ghost, she's basically become the face of the attraction these days. So it makes sense. And, and I'm curious because they, they say it's Leota's carriage house. So are, are we going to get some information about Leota, like the person before she became the spirit? Like what, what kind of backstory is that going to unravel? I, so the possibilities are kind of endless and I'm, Always up for some new fun storytelling pertaining to the Haunted Mansion. And I'm just curious what what kind of theme they're going to throw in there. You know, I love me a good themed gift store. So <laughs> makes me feel just a little bit better about handing over all of my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually am optimistic about this. It, it sounds great. The Haunted Mansion queue, like I said, is needed. And it, it's the perfect time because you, you brought up you know, Tiana's Bayou Adventure attraction that is slated to open late 2024. So if that holds true, you're going to have Tiana's and the Haunted Mansion Holiday running simultaneously. So you can just imagine the amount of foot traffic that's going to be in that area. Uh, So being able to have the Haunted Mansion's queue suck up more people, I think is going to be very welcome to come that that time of year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we get more information about it uh, in the coming weeks and months uh, and we'll see what they plan to do. So yeah, (laughs) Haunted Mansion uh, is getting an upgrade and I'm all for it. All right. Well, let's move on to Eats and Treats. This is uh, what we've been waiting for, what I've been waiting for. I just love, like I said, I love this time of year, Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure. They just pull out all the stops with treats. And, uh, you know, I'm a little hungry as we're going into this conversation, so I'm sure that's going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to want everything. (laughs) It's going to be torture. It it really is. Uh, We're looking at the Halloween foodie guide that was officially released by Disneyland. 
And uh, let's just say there is a ton of stuff on here, so we can't possibly go over it all or we'll be here all day. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely post the foodie guide uh, link in our show notes. Uh, so you'll be able to peruse it and pick out your treats and eats of choice uh, for this Halloween season. If you have a trip coming up, we're going to highlight some of the things that jumped out at us. We're going to start at Disneyland. And the first thing that jumped out at me is uh, currently available at the Blue Bayou, uh, which is a chocolate mousse ginger creme brulee uh, with a dark chocolate crunch topped with a black sesame web. This just sounds interesting. Usually Blue Bayou has some good desserts and I'm all about a Disney creme brulee. They're usually pretty delectable. So I'm in for this. You know, I, I've, I've talked about before. I like Blue Bayou. I like the atmosphere. So yeah, they got me. I'll, I'll try this for sure. <laughs> it sounds pretty good. I'm intrigued. <laughs> but then moving on to Galactic Grill, uh, we have the Darth by Chocolate Parfait. Uh, which is layers of chocolate pudding, red velvet sponge cake, chocolate mousse, and crushed chocolate cream-filled cookies with a Darth Vader uh, chocolate head on top of it. And honestly, this was available last year as well, and it is so good. <laughs> we just had to mention it. Perfect if you love chocolate, and it is rather rich, so just know that going in. But if, if you love chocolate on top of chocolate on top of chocolate, <laughs> this is your thing. <laughs> It's it's pretty delicious. So that's currently available at the Galactic Grill. Uh, and then moving on to Gibson Girl, they have the Rest in Chocolate Sunday, And this is Rocky Road ice cream buried in a chocolate-covered waffle cup with chocolate cookie crumbles and gummy worms topped with a chocolate tombstone. <laughs> it looks it looks pretty uh pretty fun it's definitely fun i mean anytime you know halloween season you can give me a treat with a tombstone on it i, I think that's a win <laughs> it's very instagrammable it's got gummy worms for the kids there, there you go right <laughs> right <laughs> and the, the flavors all sound great to me uh if you're not a rocky road person usually with these sundays gibson girl lets you substitute for your preferred ice cream flavor so i'm sure that will be the case with this as well yeah, Gibson Girl, the Rest in Chocolate Sunday. Uh, it certainly looks tempting. And now moving on to the Red Rose Tavern, they currently have the Grave Stuff. That's Grave Stuff, <laughs> uh, which is basically yep. the gray stuff with a tombstone chocolate decoration and some sprinkles. They also have the Mickey Bat Cookie. Uh, which is also, I believe, available at a few different locations. But Amy, I know you were just at Red Rose Tavern today and you were able to try these. So uh, what what did you think? Yeah, so the grave stuff, like you said, is exactly like the regular gray stuff. Um, it's just decorated a little differently, but it's essentially the same. So you get an, an extra little piece of chocolate for the tombstone and some festive Halloween sprinkles. I do like that the tombstone says dig in. <laughs> That, that's <laughs> <laughs> yes and and you know it's, it's chocolate so if you're a chocolate oh, lover there you go hey, awesome if, if you're a fan of the gray stuff you'll love it obviously because it's pretty much the same thing um the mickey bat cookie was also had within our group tonight um that's available at a bunch of different locations if you are a fan of shortbread um with dark chocolate on it can't go wrong with that and then several in our group also had the pumpkin cheesecake cold brew it was a 
eh from one in our group <laughs> and it was a thumbs up from another in our okay. group. The difference being that um, the person who liked it best asked for extra ice with it, which mm. I thought was interesting. Okay. I did not try that. Um, I, I did have the grave stuff. Because I don't know why I, I'm not the hugest. <laughs> I'm not the hugest fan of the gray stuff. Like I like the actual gray stuff part. Like if it was just that cookie, the actual Oreo mousse cookie part, mousse part, right, right. Um, that part I love. I'm not a fan of that with whatever that weird red velvet gooey stuff is in the middle. That's not my jam at all. But I wanted to see. I wanted to see it. I wanted to, you know. Maybe maybe it was different on the inside. No, it's still the same. But um. <laughs> it's it's okay to admit they got you with the little chocolate tombstone. Yeah, they they totally <laughs> and I enjoyed that little chocolate tombstone. Let me tell you. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the same there. There were some new additional menu things, non Halloween, but just some new fun food options at Red Rose Tavern as well that people in our group enjoyed. So we we were pleased with with our <laughs> with our dinner choice tonight. Nice. I got the little um, Mickey pumpkin glow cube thing. Oh, okay. Right, right. I'm the sucker who, you know, I paid the extra six bucks for the little glow cube because it was a cute little Mickey pumpkin. I bought it. <laughs> I have a couple of the Mickey shaped glow cubes myself, so I, I can't really say anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're they're fun. Feel, they're fun. That makes me feel better. So anyways, yeah, it was a fun little, fun little stuff at Red Rose Tavern. All right. Well, I like it. I like it. The last thing at Disneyland that jumped out at me is from the Stage Door Cafe. This isn't going to be available till October 16th. Uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, I know the 16th is the actual day of Disney's 100th anniversary, but I can't imagine they're saving this for that. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. This is pretty late in the Halloween game, but at least in terms of Disneyland's calendar, but Stage Shore Cafe, starting October 16th, is going to have the Graveyard Banana Funnel Cake. Mm. And this is their classic funnel cake topped with banana cream, chocolate cookie dust, Halloween candy, i.e. candy corn, whipped topping, and Halloween colored sprinkles. It looks beautiful. I'm, I'm going to say it <laughs> looks amazing. Uh, you know, it, it, does. it looks like Halloween on a plate. It does. It really does. It does. Uh, and I'm sure it's delicious. The only thing that's throwing me off a little bit is the banana part. Because uh, banana, for me, I don't know, it's such an overpowering flavor sometimes that mm. it's really hard to judge. But I am curious. I'm not sure I associate that with, like, fall and Halloween either, as far as flavor choices go. Yeah, it, it definitely is an interesting choice. Uh, I'm curious to try it, though. This may be one I split just in case the banana's overpowering. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, I, and I feel like the funnel cakes are big enough that you, you it's can okay split them. To do yeah. that anyways. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, although I don't always split them, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you don't. It's okay. Uh, you do you. But the, this one, I might, I might split. You're allowed to eat the whole thing. It's okay. And I often do. <laughs> All right, so that's some of the treats that jumped out at me, but I know you were looking at some of the churros, and there's a lot of churros to choose from at Disneyland. Oh my gosh, there's so many different churros, seriously. The main one that really jumped out to me, there's a, a trick-or-treat sweets churro. Mm, sounds good. It's available um, in Critter Country um, and also near Haunted Mansion. 
It's a uh, churro rolled in shortbread sugar, drizzled with caramel and chocolate sauces, and topped with Twix cookie bar pieces. Mm, Twix. And so I think it's the Twix that that caught me there that I was like, mm, I'm going to have to try that uh, one. Sounds tempting. There's also a very interesting sounding churro in Tomorrowland near Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. It's an orange citrus churro, citrus flavored churro served with citrus cream dipping sauce an orange flavored icing and condensed milk sauce. And I, I'm not sure, I don't know how I feel about a citrus churro, but I'm intrigued enough to really want to try it. <laughs> I like it. There's also, there's just too many. I feel like, I don't know how I feel about candy corn. How do you feel about candy corn? I'm not someone who enjoys eating candy corn, but I do love, like the color, like it just screams Halloween to me. So it's yes. kind of that yeah. traditional, that the colors are just fall for me. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't go out of my way to eat it, to be honest. I'm like hit or miss when it comes to candy corns or like even those like those pumpkin, the little oh, cream the, pumpkin the ones. Cream pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so DCA at one of the cozy cones has a candy corn churro and you look at the picture and it's like, I want to try it. I really want to try it. However, in my brain, I get stuck thinking about the candy corn and the churro and I'm, I'm really weird. When it comes to food and textures, if the textures, if there's too many different things going on or the textures are just like too different, I have a hard time like imagining that going well. (laughs) So there is a candy corn churro at one of the cozy cones. It's orange and yellow sugar covered churro. Topped with vanilla icing, so they drizzled drizzle the vanilla over it. And then in the picture, it's got these cute little candy corns on top, which, I mean, you have me at the cute orange churro, but you kind of lose me a little bit with the candy. I don't know. I have a hard time imagining. Again, it's that churro, sugary churro texture, and then the candy corn texture together in the same bite. I don't know. Maybe it works. I'm intrigued. Enough to like take a bite. Maybe you just split it with someone who enjoys candy corn and give them the candy corn okay. portions. See, I like I, I like that <laughs> idea. There is a churro that is near the Redwood Creek Challenge, and I, again, it I, I feel like I just need to try it. It's a coffee and donut churro. Mm, okay, a churro rolled in coffee sugar. And topped with coffee-infused chocolate sauce, whipped topping, and seasonal sprinkles. Mm, yep, I think I need to try that one too. I mean, maybe those with flavors sound good. Maybe, maybe when it like actually starts to cool off a little <laughs> bit, and I can have it with one of the really yummy fall Starbucks drinks or something. But yeah, there's a, a handful of other um, churro options that are available um, with the. Uh, Halloween time offerings and but those are the ones that kind of jumped out at me I just felt like oh there's so many good churros I want to try them all yeah there's definitely a ton of churros Uh, and since you know you brought us into DCA now uh, there's a few other treats that caught my eye Uh, at award wieners they currently have the poison apple funnel cake fries and these are dusted with cinnamon sugar and topped with candied apple compote whipped topping, and green apple glaze. Uh, I've had their funnel cake fries before. They've had various different uh, types, 
and they're usually pretty good. Uh, this, honestly, the green apple glaze makes it the star. I, it just jumps out. <laughs> it adds it adds a pop of color to it, and so it just sort of drew my eye. I'm sure they're going to be delicious because, you know, funnel cake fries, whipped cream, <laughs> I mean, you really can't go wrong with those flavors. So apple is a fall staple. So currently at Award Wieners. And then there's uh, the cappuccino cart in D.C. has the pumpkin bunt cake. Mm which is a pumpkin-flavored cake filled with dulce de leche and cream cheese frosting finished with chocolate stem and a mousse leaf. Mm. I call this one out because this is also a fun, I feel, Instagrammable uh, dessert. It's a bunt cake that looks like a pumpkin. <laughs> you know, like, it just <laughs> looks fun. Cream cheese frosting, you really can't go wrong. So. I mean, it's about the Instagram photo, right? It really is. It really is. Yeah. And then at Clarabelle's Hand Scooped Ice Cream, they have the Created in the Lab Sunday, which uh, contains vanilla ice cream, strawberry sauce, licorice laces, and whipped topping. This just looks fun. Uh, the, the licorice lace is an interesting choice. It adds like a sort of dimension to it. It almost looks like something you would find in a mad scientist lab. Like, are those like mm. body parts in there? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, there's a lot going on in that. And uh, I just think visually it looks fun. I'm sure the flavors, you know, I mean, it's basically a vanilla sundae with strawberry sauce. So I, you know, kind of classic there. It's really hard to go wrong with that. But visually, and, and most of these, I, I feel, you know, they're very Instagrammable, which, you know, that that's kind of the culture we live in right now, right? <laughs> like, you know, let's make things yep. pretty for Instagram and then, you know, we'll mess them up in our bellies <laughs> afterwards, <laughs> after we get the picture for the gram. Yep. All right. The, moving on to schmoozies, we have the Ursula Shake, which is a coconut and taro shake with whipped topping and cotton candy dusted with blue sugar. And, you know, it's fun because the cotton candy looks like Ursula's hair. And mm -hmm. again, you know, this just looks like a fun shake. Well, they roll, they roll the cup so that it looks like her tentacles. Too, yes. The, the, the yeah, it, it looks so fun. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued because typically like taro's not a super sweet flavor, um, but you're combining it with coconut, which is really sweet. And then also like the witch topping and the cotton candy on top too. And the blue sugar, like that's a lot of sweet. So I'm curious. I'm curious what all those flavors will do together. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just love that Ursula's getting her spotlight dessert. <laughs> like, it's just great. Oh, non-food related, but all of my Ursula loving friends out there, there is a really cute pair of, uh, mouse ear headbands ursula mouse ear headbands that i saw today they're super cute so just throwing that out there okay back to food <laughs> i love it i love it uh so there you go the ursula shake you can currently get that at well i when schmoozies reopens at the time of this recording i think schmoozies is still closed but they should be reopening imminently here uh, but Schmoozie's Ursula Shake. If you try it, let me know how it tastes because uh, I'm I'm very curious about this one. And yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna get it. Let's be honest. <laughs> All right, and then moving on. Lastly, Wine Country Tutoria. They have the pumpkin creme brulee, uh, which has the bonus of being plant based. So if you're looking for a plant based dessert, this is your option. And uh, you know, as I mentioned with Blue Bayou. 
creme brulee at Disneyland or the Disneyland Resort is usually a pretty safe bet. They're usually pretty good. And combine that with pumpkin flavored, I'm there. Uh, you know, I'm going to definitely give this a try for sure. All right. So there you have it. That's some of the treats that stood out to us. Uh, but there are a few that we did mention that we're absolutely in love with. And uh, we saved those specifically because uh, we wanted to get a little bit of a two-four for this segment. So we wanted to bring in the Fab Five to close things out here. And this is going to be the Fab Five top five favorite Halloween treats that we're looking forward to and that we are definitely going to try. So I will kick things off. Coming in at number five is the Haunted Forest Ice Cream Parfait at Smoke Jumper's Grill in DCA. And this is a cherry shake with chocolate sauce, brownie crumble, cherry topping, and whipped cream. Uh, this one j- jumped out at me because I typically am a fan of cherry flavored ice cream treats. Uh, so this is right up my alley and sounds good. I'm sure the flavors are going to uh, be great for me. So this is one I really am going to go out of my way to check out because it just sounds delicious. Coming in at number four at the Jolly Holiday is the Pumpkin Chai Cream Puff. It is a pumpkin-shaped cream puff filled with pumpkin chai mousse and white chocolate crunchy pearls. I mean, again, it's one that I think looks good for the gram. It's a cute little pumpkin. <laughs> right. Flavor-wise, that is right up my alley. Um, I love chai and I love pumpkin-flavored things. So put the two together. So when? I can't wait to try that one. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Moving on to number three, we have the Pumpkin Churro Funnel Cake at Hungry Bear Restaurant. And this includes cinnamon sugar, caramel sauce, pumpkin ice cream, and whipped topping. Now, this is a funnel cake that I probably would not share, (laughs) if I'm being honest. (laughs) I love this. They've had it before. And man, that pumpkin ice cream, that is the star. And it is so delicious. (laughs) I love it. And I'll probably have it more than once, if I'm being honest. All right. Well, coming in at number two, at the Tropical Hideaway, the Blood Orange Agua Float. This one sounds tasty. I love me a good agua fresca. And this is a Blood Orange Agua Fresca with Strawberry Dole Whip. Ah. That flavor combo sounds absolutely delicious. It really does. Agua Fresca is so much more refreshing than like a super, super sweet juice or, you know, I I love the pineapple Dole Whip floats, but the Dole, the pineapple juice is almost too sweet for me. Agreed. Yeah. Paired with the, the, the Dole Whip soft serve as well. But like, I feel like the blood orange and the strawberry, like those two flavors together are just going to be a party in your mouth and then i just yeah i I, I can't wait to try this one you know me and dole whip man i will definitely be in on this and it just wouldn't be a a halloween season without some kind of dole whip concoction so i'm glad we have one Mm -hmm. and yeah i I can't wait tropical hideaway i'm coming for you here (laughs) (laughs) all right that brings us to number one this is our number one top five fab five halloween treat that we're looking forward to trying and that is the pecan pie sunday at golden horseshoe 
This includes pecan praline ice cream served with a warm butterscotch, whipped topping, and candied pecans. And this just sounds amazing. Uh, so far, the feedback has been great. Everyone I know who's tried it has absolutely loved it. So I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, I definitely can't wait to have this too. I feel like the Golden Horseshoe has been kind of knocking it out of the park as far as the Sundays go really the have. last few seasons. Yeah, they really have. Whatever the specialty Sunday is that they bring in, it's just so, so good. And it started for me with the cookie butter churro Sunday mm-hmm. was the first one. Right. And I was like, oh, this is so good. And then they had the uh, the peach cobbler Sunday uh, during the summer. So yummy. And then now this, like this, it's like Thanksgiving pie in a cup. Like it just <laughs> sounds so good. It really does. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, so there, there you have it. That's our Fab Five Halloween treats we want to try, or that we're definitely going to try. And some of these we're probably going to try more than once, at least speaking for me. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure that they really are good. Just to know? make sure. Yeah, for science. For science. Yeah. It's quality control. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So there you have it. That is, in a nutshell, our brief look at the Halloween treats that are currently available at the Disneyland Resort. And as I mentioned, we will link to the complete foodie guide in our show notes so you can plan out your upcoming Halloween trip and decide what your favorite treats and eats might be. Because like I said, there were a ton, ton we didn't mention. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that and plan accordingly. All right. Well, before we leave, I wanted to uh, briefly recap my recent trip to Disneyland the Disneyland Resort. I was there towards the end of August and I specifically went with the goal of catching Rogers the Musical uh, before it bowed out of the Hyperion. I gotta say, I'm really glad that I was able to catch it before I left because I knew, you know, a couple weeks back we uh, had a show where you talked about your experiences watching it and mm-hmm. I knew based on your recommendation I was going to like it. But not only did I like it, I loved it. Like, it was so good. <laughs> right? Yes. The way it filled out, you know, Steve Rogers' career or life, I guess, and how they touched on the relationship with Peggy Carter and Steve Rogers. And, you know, they took some liberties compared to the MCU, but everything worked. The music was so great. Each song was super catchy. I mean, the, these songs were just earwormy in the best way. I mean, you're humming them, in some cases, days later. <laughs> Like they just stay mm-hmm. with you. The cast was just so great. And I, I love I, I just loved every second of it. I mean, to me, this is what the Hyperion was made for. Uh, and I was able to watch it a, a few different times. The very first time I caught it in the balcony area because the virtual queue was not operational. So uh, in a way, I, I kind of liked it. That was my first experience because I got a bird's eye view of the entire production. So that was kind of nice. Although I I will admit, man, going up to the balcony seats is rough with the stairs. (laughs) I I almost didn't make it. They almost had to crane lift me out of there. If there would have been one more row of stairs, man. Uh, Yeah. So I I definitely next time, if you know, I got to get myself in balcony shape, I guess. Like, (laughs) I don't know. That that was rough. Some some stair training. Yeah, that, that was rough. That was rough. But the show itself was great. 
Uh, I was able to also catch it from the orchestra view, which was very cool. I do really like that because you get to see the performers up close and personal. So you kind of get bought in on the emotion and everything. So that, that was definitely fun. But yeah, for me, Rogers the Musical, so glad I was able to catch it. So glad I was able to make this little trip happen so I could see it before it left because it was definitely worth it for me. And if it does somehow return and you weren't able to catch it this go round, highly encourage you to do it. Uh, who, who knows? Maybe it'll get the Broadway treatment at some point. I, I don't know what Disney has in mind with it, but either way, it's great. And, uh, you know, as I sit here right now, I might have some recency bias, but it's really competing for my absolute favorite show ever in the Hyperion. Wow. It's neck and neck between that and Aladdin. I probably stopped to sit with it for a while, but man, it, it was just fun. It was just fun. And it was right up my alley. I, I loved it. So two thumbs up for me. Rogers the Musical. It was, it was great. Yeah. It was great. I'm glad. I'm glad that you got to see it. Yeah. And then I even met up with you. Uh, we got to hang out one day and I got to see it with you. So that was definitely yeah. fun. Uh, we got mm-hmm. to bask in our Steve Rogers nerdiness <laughs> together. So. <laughs> Yes, I was glad I got to see it one more time. Yeah, that was definitely fun. You know, speaking of something else I got to do with you that I honestly I haven't done in over a decade, we got to take in a viewing of Turtle Talk with Crush. <laughs> yes. Crazy enough, I have not been in that attraction for over 10 years at least. It's been a long time, which is crazy to think that it's been around for that long, but it has. Right, it has. right, yeah. I don't know why I haven't been on it so long. I guess it just is never top of mind because I, I usually don't have kids with me when I'm at Disneyland or at the Disneyland Resort, but it's not really a kid show. I mean, it is and it isn't. It's kind of the, the best of Disneyland, right? It, it appeals to both adults and children. Mm-hmm. And I love the, you know, how it's rooted in improv and the unpredictability of it. You know, the show's really set by whoever's there asking the questions and it's really fun to see crush you know try to answer some of these questions especially when you get some borderline uh interesting or maybe slightly inappropriate questions (laughs) (laughs) just to see him sort of swim around that i I guess (laughs) it's kind of fun i enjoyed it yep yep and also like the the things that either the kids say or even like because he'll direct questions to some of the adults right. the things that they say like right. it's, you never know what's gonna you never know happen. it's fun <laughs> yeah. it's fun so if you haven't seen turtle talk with crush in a while or you've never seen it uh yeah i'd go out of your way to catch it and plus you know we were there during <laughs> i mean it was just melting <laughs> like oh, I, it was, it was it so was hot, hot yeah it was so hot so being able to go in there with the air conditioning was an extra treat. And, you know, we talked about the animation building before, you know, and being able to duck the heat there. But I don't know, man. The air conditioning just seems even more concentrated in, the, <laughs> in Turtle Dog with Crush. Uh, maybe because you're supposed to be under the sea or I don't know, whatever. But <laughs> it was lovely. It was lovely. <laughs> it's a cool, dark room and it felt amazing. It really did. Yeah. It really did. So. Uh, another first for me this trip that really stood out, uh, I got to go on Soaring Over the World. And not that that was my first experience because I've been on that multiple times. But I finally got the quote-unquote perfect seat 
now, if you've heard Imagineers talk in the past, the seat that they always use to kind of test out this attraction, it's Gate B, Row 2. Is apparently the perfect seat. I finally got it after all these years going on this attraction. Finally got the perfect seat. <laughs> and it really is. It's perfect. Like, literally, there's no distortion at all. So you get to the Eiffel Tower. There's no leaning Eiffel Tower. There's no curved Eiffel Tower. Straight as an arrow. Uh, so everything is completely straight as intended. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame that, you know, every seat... And there isn't the perfect seat, but I I get it. You know, there's limitations with the curved screen, but it was fun seeing it the way it was intended. Everything was straight as an arrow. And yeah, so (laughs) if you have a chance, you know, gate B seat two or row two, that's the perfect seat. And I, I can back it up. It really is the perfect seat. And then jumping over to Disneyland. So (laughs) this was kind of funny. So, you know, I I went into this small trip knowing full well that Haunted Mansion was going to be down, which, you know, we've discussed that before. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite attraction. So I knew it was going to be down because, of course, they were getting it ready for Haunted Mansion holiday. Uh, But what I didn't anticipate was the unexpected closure of the Disneyland Railroad for the first two days of my trip. Uh, Mm. apparently there was some work that needed to be done, uh, on the Tomorrowland side of the railroad. So yeah, first two days, my trip, no train. And I got to tell you, (laughs) having, you know, my other favorite attraction, of course, is the small world and that was open, thankfully, but having two of my top three attractions down in a trip, one of them unexpectedly. So that was very weird for me, especially, you know, I've, I've talked about how I'd love to do the sweeper train. That's how I usually typically end a Disneyland day, there was no train for for those first two days. So I was really left wondering, like, how do I end my night? What am I going to do? So uh, I decided to, you know, go on some attractions that maybe in the past I I wouldn't have gone on. Uh, One in particular was Star Tours. I did that actually a couple times because for some reason there was just a 10 minute wait. So why not? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to do that. And, you know, I finally got a new, uh, at least new to me scene in Star Tours as well. Towards the end, I was able to get the watery moon of Kef beer from Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, that's a mm-hmm. fun name to say, right? But uh, this is like the water planet, the watery moon that has the uh, remnants of the Death Star that uh, Rey and Kylo Ren fight on. Uh, uh-huh. in Rise of Sky. So we got to see that. And then there's a there was a cool Diagonus scene in that. So this was the first time for me. Amy, have you seen this version on Star Tours before? I have not, no. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, anytime I get something new on Star Tours, I'm excited. I thought I'd seen everything, <laughs> but this was a new one for me. And it was great. The Diagonus made an appearance and yeah, it was fun. So that was cool. So, you know, this is me making lemonade out of lemons, I guess. You know, (laughs) I wouldn't have normally probably done Star Tours that evening because I'd be on the the train. Uh, But hey, I got to experience it. Got to experience something new on Star Tours. So that was fun. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. And then for night two in figuring out what to end my night with, I decided on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Uh, it was a 40 minute wait, but it was still sort of humid outside. So I figured, eh, why not? Most of that queue is indoors. And I do like the queue, uh, especially, you know, if you're a fan of Mickey Mouse shorts, I mean, there's so much in there to take in. There's so many Easter eggs 
And then it's fun seeing some of those cartoon props brought into the physical space and just, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot to look at. Uh, so I enjoyed that. And we waited. It, it was definitely 40 minutes. We got all the way <laughs> up to the loading area, sat on the train. And then right as I sat down, it went 101. <laughs> I had to be evacuated. Oh, no. Like literally right as I sat down. Mind you, this was about, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes until park closing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, typically in these scenarios, like Disney compensates you with a lightning lane pass to another attraction. Uh, of course, not one that you'd normally have to pay for, but, you know, any of the other standard attractions. Uh, and they certainly offered it this time, but it was kind of a, I don't know, it was kind of one of those want want moments because literally the park was about to close. So what am I going to do with this lightning lane? Chances mm-hmm. are anything I can use it on, it doesn't have a line anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. I I feel like they should come up with some other scenario or some other sort of thing they can give you in these scenarios. I'm sure that it doesn't happen very often that something breaks down right towards the end of the park operating hours like that. But and you could tell even the cast members are like, well, here's a lightning lane. I mean, they know, they know, they know. Mm. Of course, I I didn't get upset about it and I would never complain to a cast member about it because I understand, you know, it's not their fault, number one. Number two, this is just kind of the price of admission, right? I mean, technology fails. Uh, We've had that happen plenty of times with the podcast. So like, I Mm -hmm. I get it, I get it. But I I just feel, you know, it's a little, I, I don't know, I feel... In this scenario, they could come up with something a little bit better, right? Whether it's just like a free Mickey ice cream bar or, hey, here's a 5% discount at like the Emporium or something, right? Like something just to just mm-hmm. to allow the guests to go home happy because that's your last experience at the park for that night, right? So I, I don't know. Uh, Disney, if you're listening, maybe you can do something a little bit different in those scenarios. I don't know. At least, at least, so you don't end end your night on on a, a sour note, on a negative, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but other than that, you know the the trip was great, and of course, the last two days the train was running, so my Disneyland evening plans were <laughs> were ready made for me. And it, you know, it's really fun. One of the other nice things I love about doing the sweeper train is you get to watch the Disneyland kiss goodnight uh, with the Fab Five in front of the train station there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all, that's always fun. You just really never know what to expect. Sometimes they break out into charades and these fun games. Other times they're just chasing each other around and I, you just never know what to expect. And every night is a little bit different. So that's definitely a fun way to end the evening. And, and it's usually not that crowded around there. So it's a great opportunity to get pictures with the characters if you want. So yeah, that, that's definitely another perk of waiting for the sweeper train that I've come to enjoy. But uh, yeah, that's that's basically my trip in a nutshell. As far as, you know, the new stuff, of course, I, I did all of the classics, Pirates and Small World and Guardians of the Galaxy and Credicoaster and all that fun stuff, Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. So I definitely got my fill of attractions, uh, did some good eating. I, I profiled on our last episode my experience at Cafe Orleans with the new Haunted Mansion candle dessert. That was definitely fun. And then you and I got to meet up at Hungry Bear Restaurant to record an episode, last week's episode of the podcast. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, That was definitely exciting. I always love recording live in the park because you just never know what to expect. And, (laughs) you know, we we had the train going by, so it was fun. You know, every 15 minutes or so, we just had to wait for the train to pass by. (laughs) Yep. So that that was exciting. And we had a, a rather interesting lightning lane round of questions. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, uh, <laughs> yeah, there there were some fun ones. There were some fun ones. Uh, it uh, it went all over the place, as I guess Lightning Lane tends to do. I mean, it's just random questions, random answers, and yeah, randomness ensued. So anyway, it was a fun trip. I look forward to my next trip. Should be coming up here in October, uh, the middle of October, if all goes according to plan. Uh, and then I will be high on a Halloween Disneyland heaven and all the treats that we just talked about. <laughs> all right. With that, I think it's time for us to say goodbye. But on behalf of Amy and myself, we hope you enjoyed your time with us. And if you did, the best way to ensure your adventure continues is to subscribe and follow the podcast. You can find out how to do that at helloproject55.com. And we would love to connect with you in between episodes. You can find us on our Instagram at HelloProject55. Don't forget to tag us and share any of the Halloween treats that you try. We want to hear what your favorite is. Can't wait. Yeah, definitely. And we'll be back next week with more fun, exciting Disneyland experiences. Until then, take care and we'll see you real soon. Bye. Bye.